Go ahead and turn to Jonah. If you forgot where we were. We're actually going to get into Jonah chapter 2 tonight. Now, we're not going to get far in, but we're going to get into it. We're actually looking at uh, Jonah 1, 17 through, well, through 2, 1. It's really just two verses. You're thinking, Michael, what in the world can you talk about for 20, 25 minutes from two verses? Have y'all met me? That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. We finally get to the most the most important part, right? The fish. What we've been waiting for. We're going to zip past that because it's not the most important part. Uh, but uh, that's what we uh, that's what we focus on. Let's pray. Let's open up in prayer tonight. Lord, we thank you, God, that uh, your word speaks. God, that that uh, you call us, you transform us, you comfort us, you, you lead us, you correct us, you encourage us. God, so many other things from your word. May you do all that and more tonight as we crack open the Bible, the, the letter you've given us, and we learn more about you because of it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, actually, in your Hebrew Bible, all of you have one, right? In your Hebrew Bible, verse 17 of chapter 1 is actually verse 1 of chapter 2. Makes more sense that way, doesn't it? If you read it, it kind of flows better. Um, That that was free. I'm not going to charge you extra for that. But if you're ever playing uh, Bible Trivial Pursuit, that might come up. But that's the way it's grouped. That's why we're looking at these two verses by themselves tonight. Uh, seven, one seventeen, and two one. And then we can't start on two two and and beyond because we want to cover all of that hopefully next week. Uh, that's that's the plan. Uh, bring supper with you. Um, but tonight we're looking at these two verses. Let's just read them together. Is all my light on up here? Because my old eyes, or whoever, whoever has access to light buttons, if you make these come on brighter, that'd be great. Now the Lord had appointed a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the fish three days and three nights. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Alright, so, we see God's sovereignty amazing what happens when you turn lights on, how well you can see. That is wonderful. We see God's sovereignty immediately. Uh, verse 17, now the Lord. I mean, as if God hadn't been acting all this time anyway. Uh, he, it, it's almost like, again, the Lord, almost. Or reminding us if we've gotten a little caught up in the narrative, say, if it's taken us, you know eight weeks to get here, just the reminder here in verse 17, who is still in charge? Who is still in control? The Lord. Now, the Lord had appointed a huge fish. The the, the guys that threw him overboard, probably, 
thought that was it. He's gone. The, the, you know, I, I still, I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but I still wonder, you know, what, when the sea calmed, I mean, was it the instant he hit the water? What did those those sailors think? I mean, I, I like to think that, but, but you know, the wind, finally they got the wind they needed to, to go where they were going, and, and, you know, you can kind of see them all at the edge of the boat. There he goes. You know, just what 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 was going through their heads? I mean, I'm I'm thinking shark attacks. I'm thinking any. I just I just wonder, and maybe maybe not, because if we read the psalm, the the song that he, the prayer here in chapter two, you kind of get the feeling that maybe the sea didn't die down. You know, maybe maybe it was it, it, those waves. Just well, he describes the wave just crashing and crashing and hitting him. You know, I, I almost. Almost envision the the sea spanking him, you know. But but was it just where he was and the boat sailing on on smooth water? Because we know that no longer was the boat in, in trouble. No longer was the boat in duress. It just just think of that image, you know, details that that maybe we don't think about when we read. But wow, God's sovereignty. God had appointed the storm and the boat and 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 the and all this stuff. It culminates, at least chapter 1, culminates in really verse 16. And the Lord appointed a fish. Jonah's not at the mercy of the waves. Jonah's not at the mercy of whatever sea creature comes along and swallows him and eats him or anything like that. He's, he's not uh, just left there to tread water until he can't anymore and then he drowns. It's, it's not like, it's, it, God is right here right in the midst. As a matter of fact, this word appointed is used four times in Jonah. Uh, it's used here, then it's used in uh, chapter 4 uh, for the the worm, the wind, and the plant that come up in, in chapter 4 later on. Each time the word is used for creation of some kind. It's, it's something that God is doing with creation to teach Jonah something. God's sovereignty extends from his people to his creation and on whether it's the sea, inanimate, well, not quite inanimate, inanimate, you think they are, but when he gets a hold of it, the sea is animated, you know, to, to non-living things, it's all God's. God appointed it. And he appointed a huge fish. Yeah, the fish. We don't know what kind of fish. Um, we know it was a specific creature at a specific time. Y'all, do a little Google search sometime when you have time that you don't worry that you'll never get back. And and look for, not right now, JR, uh, after after I'm done. Um, and, and, and Google fish stories. Fish swallows a human. You can find all kinds of things. Uh, basically, as far as we can tell, they're all fake. So don't go looking for them and saying, oh, see, it, it worked that time in the 1840s, so that's why it worked when Jonah. No, it, it, there, there's just no evidence that this has ever happened to anybody ever uh, except this one time. Was it a, a whale shark? Was it 
uh, something else? Was it was it you know a shark? A whale shark is an actual fish, but was it a mammal that swallowed him? Was it big sperm whale? Was it was it? Uh, it I, who knows? Some people actually think God created something special to to go after Jonah, a creature we've never seen before and never see again. I don't think the word appointed is that specific. I think it was something that lived in the Mediterranean Sea. And God appointed that one to be right there to do what it did at that time. But we don't need proof. I mean, we, we try, right? We, we love to take uh, uh, the, the, the miracles of the Bible and, and find somewhere where that miracle happened again. Or, or we, we try to find how that miracle could have happened. I'll tell you how that miracle could have happened. God did it. And that's why it's a miracle. I, you know, we, we, we've had people try to explain away the Red Sea crossing. Oh, it meant the Reed Sea, which is actually a swamp that was like knee deep. And, you know, some people explain it that way. Or, or when they crossed the Red Sea, there was a barrier reef that was, you know, 30 feet below the surface. Nobody saw and God moved the water and they crossed. I mean, it was still... Still a miracle, I don't care. But, you know, quit trying to explain away the miracles. Quit trying to find proof of the miracles. They're miracles because they're miracles. They're, they're fantastic because they're something only God can do. So quit trying to explain them away. A huge fish that we don't know what. Fish, that, that word there can mean fish. It could mean whale. It, it just basically meant sea creature. It was kind of a generic term. So it basically says something swam up and swallowed him. That's all we need to know. God appointed it. It did what it was supposed to. And it swallowed him. And it's mentioned almost in passing. You know, last week I, I, I joked about, and even this week, uh, how we focus on that, that fish. And it's if, if the narrator had wanted this to be a big deal, he would have made it a big deal. But look, I mean, it's, it is one verse. And then later on, we're going to say, see, and the fish spit him out. And that's going to be all we hear from the fish. The, if, be honest. If you were Jonah, wouldn't you have been going everywhere you went? I got swallowed by a fish. Ninevites, listen to me. I got swallowed by a fish. Do what God, but that's not what he does. We're, we'll get there. That's not his message, though. He preaches a one-sentence sermon. It's never going to happen, by the way. So don't think, no. Uh, God told him to, to say that. God always tells me to speak in paragraphs. Um, so the miracle is no big deal for the author. That, that's, that's the other thing. The author is like, yeah, the fish swallowed him. And, and where, where we stand there mouths agape and people try to... There are people that base their entire belief on whether the Bible is true and trustworthy and inerrant and infallible on this one verse. And they say, well, that couldn't happen. I don't believe the whole Bible. Well, I believe the whole Bible, so I know that could happen. So I'm going to turn that around on them. But the guy writing this is like, yeah, the fish swallowed him and then we get to what the important part is. The, the song in chapter 2. So why a fish? Why, why did God appoint a fish or a whale or, or whatever it was that, 
that swallowed him? That's a good question. I mean, let's let's again, let's think about it. God could have done any number of things, right? I mean, he got thrown out of the boat. God could have randomly sent another boat. He it could have been like some driftwood that he held on to. Um, he, he could have happened to be close enough that he was washed ashore on a deserted island, and we had the whole Tom Hanks castaway thing going on. Uh, he could have had a little like pottery thing with his handprint on it, and he could have named it like Jeremiah or something because he didn't have Wilson. You know, it, 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 it could have been a lot of that. Sorry, that was an obscure movie reference. It, Etta's rolling her eyes at me, so that means it didn't work. Um, all these options for God. Why a fish? Well, one uh, one theologian, it'll be up there, said a fish is not a happily, happy place to live, but a good place to learn. And, you know, we don't question God, right? We don't... We, but I'm thinking, didn't Jonah, I mean, hadn't he already gotten it? Clearly not. God was willing to do whatever was necessary in order to get Jonah's attention. Even something as fantastical, as out of the ordinary, as blow your mind miraculous, but apparently not to the author, as having a fish come along and swallow a man and not digest it. When God wants our attention, he gets it. And, and, and put yourself in Jonah's place. I mean, there, again, there are a number of different stories that say it, you know, it really happened kind of this way to this other guy, and this is what he looked like. But we can, I don't even, no, I don't want to assume. Jonah doesn't talk about this. Jonah doesn't go to Nineveh. I mean, I've heard people say, well, you know, he was probably partially digested and his skin may have been burned off by the, the, the acids in the stomach. So when he came to Nineveh, he was disfigured and all this. Maybe. But it doesn't say, and if, we, if you've read ahead, it doesn't say that the Ninevites responded because this crazy looking guy came up with all of his skin peeled off and preached a message. The Ninevites responded because of the message from God. Not because of the otherworldly look of the messenger. It was the message that, that changed them. So, why fish? God needed Jonah to sit still for a while and be in a position to hear him and to listen. You know, if he's floating out on some driftwood, you would think, well, he might listen. But he's looking for boats. He's, he's, he's looking for palm trees, uh, you know, birds, something that tell him he's close to land. What was he thinking in the belly of the whale, belly of the fish? I'm just waiting to be digested. I mean, that was it. He, he, he had nothing to do. He had, what, what was his hope for escape? Nothing. If he's floating on the sea on a piece of driftwood or he's in a boat... Ooh, that was close. Glad this boat came along. Or, boy, now I get to hold on to this. And I'm look. He was a goner. Well, that's when God gets our attention. Most often, it's when we realize we're a goner, and there's nothing we can do at this point. Sadly, sometimes God has to get us there. So he, he's in this fish, huge fish, uh, and and he's there for three days and three nights. Now. 
my astute biblical scholars in here will remember that Jesus said, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the depths of the earth. He's talking about his, his burial. So will he be three days and three nights. Keep, keep that in mind as we move forward. But why three days and three nights? Uh, why, why was that necessary? Uh, some folks will tell you that this was the, the belief at the time that it took you three days to journey, uh, to, to journey to the other side. Uh, wherever you were going once you died, um, some would tell you that you weren't truly dead. They, they didn't know you were dead unless you'd been, you know, not moving for three days. That was kind of the cutoff for you're really dead. You know, Lazarus in the grave, he's been in there four days. Jesus, Jesus, he's really dead. You know, that, that, that kind of thing. That, that, maybe, maybe that was the, the three day. But we, we need to remember, and this is where we kind of flip the narrative of what we've understood about the fish. The fish was not destruction. It looked like it from, from the inside, I'm sure. To Jonah, he thought this was, this was the end. The fish is actually a, a creature of salvation. We see that as we read through the song here in chapter 2. But the fish saved him. So, so having his three days as a journey to death, or or he's really dead after three days, you know, uh, we we don't know that for a fact. What we do know is that Jonah could not reckon time while he was in the uh, the belly of that whale. He he didn't just happen to cross his arms so just so he could see his watch. Well, first day down, everything seems to be okay. You know, it wasn't that kind of thing going on. He was not interested in time. Very likely, this is an idiom. Three days and three nights. It would be something like saying, uh, Jonah was in the belly of the whale for the weekend. What does for the weekend mean? If y'all say you're going away for the weekend, what does that mean? When did you leave? When did you get home? Some of you, that might mean Saturday morning. For if I went away for the weekend, I left Saturday morning. I got home Sunday night. I was gone for the two days of the weekend. Some of you leave Friday night and come back Monday morning. If I go away for the weekend, I'm leaving Wednesday and coming back the next Thursday. I was gone for the weekend, right? That's, that's what I prefer. But that phrase for the weekend means different things. But we know what you mean. It means you were gone a couple of three days. Very likely that's what he's talking about here. Because remember what I said about Jesus? When Jesus said I'd be in the, in the depths of the earth... Three day, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so will uh, the Son of Man be in, in the, the, the depths of the earth. Well, we know he, he was crucified on Friday. They, they buried him Friday evening. Well, that's one day going into that night. Saturday, they didn't do anything, so that's the second day. The second night would be Saturday night, but Sunday morning, he rose. Now, there are different ways of reckoning. You, you say, well, you could say, they would say a day was any portion of that day. So, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday meant day and night. It was all of it together. And there are ways to do that. I'm only harping on this because the point of this passage is not how long he was in the whale or in the fish. The point of this passage is that God got him out. The point is that there was deliverance. 
He was in there for three days and three nights. He was in there for the weekend. He was in there for a period of time, but he wasn't in there forever. He didn't come out a couple of weeks later the other end of the fish from where he went in. He wasn't digested. He wasn't left there. God had a plan. So even in what I would be willing to bet was Jonah's worst day ever, God wasn't going to leave him there. So the emphasis is on deliverance and not on the time. And then he says in chapter 2, verse 1, that Jonah prayed. Now, how long was he in the fish before the prayer? Well, we don't know. And you look at the passage, it, he could, was he in there three days and three nights before he prayed? Was it immediate? I'm, I'm personally, I'm going with immediate. You know, I'm, I'm praying as soon as that happens. Uh, but uh, we, we don't know. Uh, how long was he in the water before the fish swallowed him? Lots of unanswered questions. You know why they're unanswered? Because they don't matter. We like the details. We're used to movies. We're used to seeing things and, and, and being able to put the, the picture with what we're told. And, and they'll say along the bottom in uh, the little three days later. You know, and then we're, okay, we know where we are in, in time so we can keep. This narrator does not spend time on that because what's important is that God is doing this. Jonah was not where he was supposed to be. He's still not where he's supposed to be. But the whole time God has his hand on him. Notice this is the first time Jonah has prayed. Go back to, we talked about how the guys, uh, the sailors were praying to their gods. Come up here, pray to your God. Maybe he'll do something. And we have zero evidence that Jonah prayed. They're casting lots and Jonah's kind of standing back. Nowhere does Jonah pray until right now. And quiet Jonah gets real talkative in chapter 2. I mean, you, you feel bad for him, but you kinda, you're kind of you kind of like, it's about time, Jonah. Could you not see this coming? I mean, we did, we, but, but no, Jonah finally starts talking here in chapter 2. He uses the Psalms. Primarily, he's, he has pieced together in this prayer, uh, verses 2 through 9, uh, various psalms that he knew. Being a prophet, he would have memorized a lot of the psalms. It was the knowledge of God that he had. You know, it, when, it, when he prayed, he prayed the psalms because that's who God was. That, that, that's, that those psalms expressed to him who he was uh, in, in God's eyes and... Uh, who God was to him, and the disobedient and ignorant is suddenly attentive and aware. God has gotten Jonah's attention. And we see that in the next phrase. Jonah prayed to whom? The Lord his God. Now we assume, and I think it's a safe assumption, that Jonah wrote this. And, and Jonah had to have been a completely, incredibly honest person. Because if I'm right, if this is my story, and I'm writing it, I'm going to embellish some things, just a little bit. I mean, back at the beginning, well, I was trying to follow God, kind of. And I, well, I did pray a little when when the sailors were praying. And, and well, I mean, he was always my God. I mean, you, you, he says... If you go back in verse 9 of chapter 1, when they asked him, who are you and what are you doing, all this stuff, 
He said, I'm a Hebrew. I worship Yahweh, the God of the heavens. There's no personal relationship there. I mean, yeah, worship. But remember, these guys were praying and, and, and sacrificing their cargo to gods, too, that didn't exist. Jonah can say, I worship God. Yeah, I worship Yahweh. But, but there was no commitment factor to his, to his words. But now there is the Lord his God. This unexpected event, this traumatic event, brought Jonah to his senses. He's been running from God. He is not going to serve God. He is not going to do what God wants him to do. He is against the plan that God has for the world. And he's not going to do it. And God says, that's fine, but I'm still going to talk to you about it. And Jonah finally decides he needs to talk back. But as we look at at the song, I keep calling it a psalm, uh, it is, as we look at what he prays from inside the belly of that fish, we're not going to see any repentance. You see a lot of things, and he, he talks about God rescuing him, God answering him. He describes what he was in, the waters and all that kind of stuff, close to death. You raised my life from the pit, my life was fading away. Blah, blah, blah. Those who cling to worthless idols forsake faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. Blah, 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 blah. Nowhere does he say he was wrong. Not once does he admit that he had ever done anything wrong. Thank you, God, for saving me. But I don't see my problem. I don't know. I don't know what I did, God. I don't know why I'm in this mess, God. This is... I mean, that that's almost the feel you get from him. Of course, we look at it and we go, Jonah, how in the world can you not say, I'm sorry? Two words. I'm sorry. But he doesn't. See, tragedy gives him a clearer vision of himself and God, but that's that's all we get. He 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 sees Well, he partially sees sees who he was. He sees, at the very least, whom he serves. He sees the God that he serves. He understands a little bit more about himself and a little bit more about God. God uses circumstances in our lives to do the same thing. We we come up on something in our lives, something traumatic, unexpected. And we wonder how. And and sometimes, not always, but sometimes it is our fault. And we get this, this horrible event and we think the world's just, oh, it's poor, it's just, it's, oh, man, it's, everybody's out, the world's out to get me. It's just bad. When in fact, God is using that to bring us back to our senses. Or if we go back and look, we got ourselves into the belly of that fish. Now what are we going to do to get out of it? Well, we'll talk about that next week and and look at his, his prayer here. But I would dare say 
that we don't want to make the mistake of assuming that we can get out of that belly, that that fish that we're in, without repentance. Jonah comes close. God was doing something special through Jonah. God was doing something specific through Jonah. God had a plan for Jonah. We're going to see when we get to the end of Jonah, we're left with a cliffhanger. Jonah never gets it, really. He never, to our knowledge... Are you singing the song from the VeggieTales movie too? Yeah, me too, but I wasn't going to do that out loud. Jonah never understands why it doesn't... You know, he, 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 I don't want to... Well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I don't want to do that. But y'all, let's not get to that belly of that fish and think, this stupid fish. From the belly of the fish, let's pray, God forgive stupid me that got me into this belly. That's what Jonah, I think, tells us tonight. Next week, we'll look at that psalm. We'll kind of zip through it, see what he's saying. Hear a little bit from Jonah. Hear contrition, but we're not going to hear repentance. But let me just tell you, we need to repent. Let's do that. Let's, uh, Donald, come on up. What do you need to repent of? What what fish are you in the belly of right now? What's what's that thing? What's that situation that you're in right now? And and you're you're convinced somebody got you there. Somebody threw you off the boat, didn't they? Yeah, but were you supposed to be on the boat to begin with? Maybe you have something to pray about. Maybe there's a, a moment you need to spend in prayer and ask God, Lord, why am I in the belly of this fish? And Lord, what do I need to do to get out of it? I've been there three days and three nights. I want out. So we're going to stand and sing. And that's our prayer tonight. If you want to pray here, if you want me to pray with you, just a time of commitment tonight. What are you going to do? What does God need you to do tonight?